Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, and welcome back to episode 63 of Drink the Movies. I am Brian here, as always, with Michaela. Michaela, we are on the eve of Oscar announcements coming out. Uh, you and I, we've been trying to, you know, get ahead of the curve a little bit. Um, I've tailed off a little bit over this past week, but what about you? Have you been seeing anything good, anything Oscar-worthy, or are you just uh, are you just holding on for dear life, just hoping that those announcements come and you are not, like, in a, in a hundred-foot hole trying to climb your way out? Yeah, I'm hedging my bets on this one. Uh, so I started to watch a couple of movies and I've gotten sidetracked because either my son was not asleep and these are definitely films that are not for him. So I had to kind of put them off. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't know, I've started Power of the Dog, which again, it's beautiful. It looks gorgeous, but I haven't gotten into it enough to really know if I think it's any good plot wise, um, as well as Macbeth. I know earlier I said that I had watched it and I actually was totally wrong. Uh, I had gotten that confused with something else. So I had started to watch uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth and once again uh, had to sidetrack it. So I'm going to finish both of those this week. Um, hopefully that will not be for nothing and they will have made it on a list somewhere so I can check them off the proverbial Oscar list. I cannot tell you how excited I am that we are on the cusp of greatness. We're going to get all the nominations tomorrow. I can't wait to go over who, you know, who deserves it, who was snubbed. I mean, I don't like talking about people being snubbed, but you know what I mean? I can't wait to talk about all Mm -hmm. of the goodness and the season, the Oscar season is actually going to be almost like two full months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have quite a while to uh, get these knocked off, which is which is good. Now, Michaela will spend all day tomorrow, hopefully, getting our spreadsheet updated. We can get our movies checked off there. Um, I haven't been watching too much movie wise uh, recently. My wife and I binged through Ozark, and we watched the new uh, Dexter Bloodlines, which uh, I really liked. I really liked that. I really loved the original Dexter, so I wasn't. I was kind of hesitant to watch it, but I was. Uh, I was pretty happy with it. And then uh, this the season of Ozark is awesome. Um, I did watch The Mitchells versus The Machines. Uh, and that is sad as all get out. It's coming like a uh, full uh, Sony animations going full Pixar on this one. It pulls at the heartstrings, but it's a really fun story. I think it's probably going to get nominated for uh, animated features. So uh, definitely got that one checked off the list. And I highly recommend you watching it if you haven't had a chance to to watch it yet. But this week, we are talking about one that's hopefully going to tick a lot of Oscar boxes. And by hopefully, it most definitely is going to tick a lot of Oscar boxes. So why don't we take a quick break? We will be right back to uh, quench our thirst with something very important. We're going to need this to talk about this week's film. So we'll take a quick break and we will be right back to mix up this week's cocktail. So this week, we're trying our best to pay homage to Frank Herbert's epic, epic, epic movie with an epic, equally epic cocktail. And it's called The Water of Life. 
That's right. Yeah. When uh, when we picked this movie out and we were trying to think of a cocktail, I thought maybe that the cocktail was just going to be some water, you know, out of your still suit. That doesn't sound that good. Uh, but we found a cocktail <laughs> that is pretty good. Um, and this one comes from the pinchspicemarket.com. Um, and it features, uh, I think it's probably Michaela's favorite new ingredients and favorite alcohol and, you know, favorite thing of all time, Empress Gin. Empress Gin. Now, for those of you that don't know what Empress Gin is, it's gin that is the most beautiful shade of purple you have ever seen. Mm -hmm. And what is Mm -hmm. this gin made out of to make it purple? Uh, So they, I think they steep it in like, it's like pea blossom uh, flowers or petals or something like that. But yeah, it gives it this uh, very beautiful, like indigo purple color. Um, It's beautiful. It's beautiful in the bottle. It's beautiful in a cocktail. Um, It's delicious. So check out Empress Gin. Uh, Not a sponsor could be. So uh, not our sponsor could be our sponsor. In fact, we, we might pay for us, for them to let us sponsor them. Or yeah, whatever. we are. Yes. We are a reverse sponsor of them right now. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but we basically give them money and talk about how great they are. It's great. But in this one also, it um, uses something else that's interesting. We have never used this ingredient before in a cocktail, um, or I've never used it in anything really, but this one calls for a package of freeze-dried strawberries. So uh, everyone figure out where you're going to go buy those. You can get them at the grocery store. You can order them online. Um, I think Michaela just picked hers up at the grocery store. Um, but why don't you run through putting this one together for everyone. Sure. Okay. So you are going to need a package of freeze-dried strawberries. Okay. Uh, You're going to crush those up and you're going to add two tablespoons of sugar. And that is what you're going to rim your glass with because what is the water of life without a little spice? The other ingredients to make the cocktail are going to be two ounces of that beautiful purple Empress gin, half an ounce of fresh lime juice, three ounces of your favorite ginger beer, and one to two limes cut into wedges. Now the wedge wedge limes are to use to rim the glass, and then you dunk your glass into the freeze-dried strawberry sugar mixture and make a beautiful, nice red rim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You you just use that to rim your glass. that's probably the hardest part of this is getting your ice cubes into the rimmed glass, uh, which is always something I struggle with, but, but yeah, so get that rimmed, get some ice cubes into your glass, and then you're going to mix up your cocktail. So, uh, how are we doing that, Michaela? You are going to just add all the ingredients into the ice rimmed glass. Okay. You're going to pour the Empress gin at the end. That's the key. So we have lime juice. You have your ginger beer. You want to pour that Empress gin in, in at the end. I know it's weird because ginger beer is effervescent and it makes it kind of bubbly. Wait till the bubbles die down a little bit and then add the gin in. And the reason why is because it changes color as you're, as you're putting it together. And it's so beautiful. It will not do that if you don't put the gin in last. That's right. Yeah. It, it reacts to like the, um, the acid and the lime juice and then your ginger beer and it kind of swirls around and turns it, you know, it goes from like this, uh, palish, I don't know, ginger beer color to like this kind of like violet purple. And then it like settles into this like bluish, uh, color. It's really beautiful. Check out our social media for pictures of ours or check out, you know, pinchspicemarket.com uh, for pictures of theirs. Um, but yeah, this one is, is pretty good. It's, it's very fancy looking. Um, it, it takes a little bit of doing it's, it's basically, um, like a riff on a Moscow mule, uh, which is a, a category of cocktail 
called a buck, which is lime juice, ginger beer, and then your liquor. So, um, so yeah, so this is what that is. This one just happens to be extra beautiful, uh, kind of like today's movie that we're talking about, Dune, extra beautiful. Uh, but what did you think about this one, Michaela? I loved it so much. <laughs> I mean, not only is it beautiful, but it tastes real good. I mean, you got to like gin. If you don't like gin, this is not your drink. Don't even try it because Empress Gin, not cheap. So don't waste your money. Go find something else to do with yourself. Uh, I'm, I feel sorry for you for not loving gin. But if you do love gin, you got to give this one a try because it is so amazing and it tastes great. And the freeze-dried strawberries really kind of give it a nice flavor profile to it as well. It, it's not super sweet. Like, so mm-hmm. it's mixed with sugar. So it's a little bit of sweetness on the rim, but not tons of it. And um, as it gets wet, it kind of gets sticky because it's not just sugar. It's literally freeze-dried strawberry pulp. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah. And if you don't like gin, um, you can still give this a try. It wouldn't, you know, change colors necessarily. You could try with something like the, I think Van Gogh makes a, like a Cy blueberry vodka, which is like a bluish purplish. Um, we haven't tried that, but I assume it would be kind of a similar, similar effect in your glass, but yeah, give this, give this a try because it's delicious. And now that we have ours made, Michaela, water of life, we better head out to the desert and chat about this week's film, Dune. Spoiler warning for Dune. If you've not yet seen this 2021 amazing homage of theatrics and special effects, then you should press pause right now. Go out and see it. I think it's on Apple Plus. It's not on Apple Plus. It's somewhere. Go see it. It's not in the theaters anymore. I know that. It's worth your time. Go watch it come back, press play after you've had your water of life cocktail and we can chat about it. That's right. Yeah. Um, you might not be able to find it at the theater, although it was just playing a couple weeks ago back in IMAX uh, screens. Uh, this one was on HBO Max. Uh, so that's where you're going to want to watch this one if you're going to go check it out. And this was, of course, based on Frank Herbert's novel from 1965, directed by Dennis Villeneuve. And it stars a lot of people Michaela, this cast, all-star cast, what what an ensemble we have going on here. Uh Dune, pretty epic. Yeah, let's it's pretty let's, epic. Let's uh let's let's chat about it. So um we're not gonna we're gonna kinda skim through the story a little bit. So Dune, way epic. If you've ever read the book Dune, uh the book is way, way thick. It's way too long for it's any one person to read. Pages. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when you get finished with the book, you realize that there are like, you know, like 15 other books you have to read. So, uh, so this story big and sweeping and epic, and it tells the story of Paul Atreides and House Atreides. And basically to set up this story, uh, the House Atreides is being given this planet. It's called Arrakis. It's called Dune. Uh, and it's this big desert planet. There's no water on this place, but they do have something important. And that's spice. And, you know, the spice must flow. That is what the universe needs to get things done. It's kind of a drug. It's kind of a fuel source, uh, but it's very valuable. And the Atreides are put in stewardship of this thing. Right. Yeah. So that this they're becoming kind of a royal family. Paul is like the crown prince almost. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's Duke Leto, uh, played by the amazing Oscar Isaac. 
Lady Jessica, who's played by the uh, astonishing Rebecca Ferguson, who I've only rediscovered or discovered the last couple of years. She's epically great. Um, so those are the parents. Paul is this young son. He uh, keeps having these weird dreams. It, they're desert dreams. They don't live on Arrakis at first. They kind of get there. Uh, part of the film is showing how they arrive and all of the beautiful sweeping imagery about what the planet looks like and how their ships work and all of that. But there's this whole idea that they're going to manage this planet uh, in the milling of this spice. And we, you don't really, at least I didn't really quite understand what the spice is and what it does, but you need it to be able to like move, you need it to be able to um, move your spaceships because it's a fuel source, but people also like eat it <laughs> yeah. a lot. It turns your eyes really blue. We know <laughs> that, we know that much. It turns your it turns your eyes really blue and it allows your yeah, it allows your spacecraft to travel at like light speed, basically. So it's how you travel around the galaxy. So, uh, you know, uh, literally a metaphor for, you know, something like oil or something like that. But yeah, it's just this it's just this powerful substance. And yeah, House Atreides is being put in like a stewardship position of this. So, yeah, we have Duke Leto. We have Lady Jessica. They have their son, Paul, who's played by Till Timothy Chalamet, uh, who's very excellent. Uh, he's on fire. He's doing all the things this year. Um, this is this is his time to be alive for sure. Um, we meet a couple of other characters um, that are there, uh, kind of some soldiers in the army. Uh, you find out that the House Atreides is very good at um, doing battle. They're very well-respected military minds, um, but they, they rule... Uh, not not with fear. They don't rule with their military might, but they really garner a bunch of respect. And uh, part of that is uh, they have Gurney, who's kind of the leader of their uh, military minds, who's played by Josh Brolin, and Duncan Idaho, who's kind of like their uh, their top level uh, warrior, I guess. Uh, he's he'd be kind of like the like the general, I guess, or something. I don't know for sure, but he's played by Jason Momoa, um, and he's excellent. He was probably the the bright spot. Um, when I looked at the cast of this film, when it was first coming out, I was like, okay, Oscar Isaac, great. Rebecca Ferguson, great. Josh Bowen, great. Uh, Jason Momoa, eh, I don't know. But then when we saw it, Jason Momoa, excellent as Duncan Idaho. Excellent. I mean, Jason Momoa gets a lot of flack because he's really good looking and he's got that brawny, you know, he's all bronze body and all the women <laughs> in the world sigh, uh, you know, over him. And, and rightly so, Jason, you're, you're gorgeous. We get it. But you also can act. So kudos on you there, because uh, I agree. I thought that he was a, a shining, a bright star in, in this spectrum of characters. Uh, I really love the way that Timothy Chalamet and Jason Momoa, their, the chemistry of the two characters and the way that they work together mm -hmm. um, is really great. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, I don't know how old he is, but he always looks like he's about 17 <laughs> in like every film that he's in. He's not 17. I'm sure he's older than that now, but he's got that really great way of showing you like a boyish charm, but then someone who's also wise beyond their years. He's mm -hmm. definitely, uh, as the events occur in the in this film, uh, there is a kind of an overthrowing of the House of Atreides because they're they were given this planet and this other family uh, were kind of kicked out. 
but it's uh, it's a total it's it's total land grab situation where the House of Atreides comes in. Things are not as they seem. They you know almost get killed trying to mill the spice. They're not they're not uh, sure. They kind of feel like they're in over their head. And then there's this big kind of overthrowing of the House of Atreides. And unfortunately, there's some there's some family members that die. And so Timothy Chalamet, who's playing Paul, he has to kind of become this leader without knowing if he's ready. And he does mm-hmm. that with such a beautiful kind of innocence and resentment of power because that's not what he wants. He didn't even really want to become, he didn't ever want to become king. He just wanted to be uh, himself. And I love that, the way that he portrays that. It's really nicely done and it's different. It's very different than um, the 1970s version of Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's not angry about it. He's, it's much more subdued, uh, but also feels, you know, quietly sensitive about it too. It's, it's a great mix. Yeah. There's a, there's a really good scene between Paul and uh, Duke Leto, his father. Um, They're talking before they head off for um, Arrakis and, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, Paul saying, you know, what if I don't want to be, you know, Duke when you're gone and uh, you know, uh, Duke Leto, Oscar Isaac's like, I didn't want to do this either. I wanted to be a pilot, but, you know, sometimes when you get to those crossroads and you're called into action, that changes what your heart wants to do. So, um, so yeah, so, so really great kind of intimate, uh, character moments here. Uh, Dennis Villeneuve does a really excellent job of you bringing those into focus in this, in this huge, 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 huge story. Um, and yeah, so we meet the other, uh, kind of, faction i guess that's going on so we have the harkonnens they were they had taken over uh rackus um and basically the emperor got rid of them he gave it to house atreides but it was all a big setup uh because the emperor and the harkonnen are uh coming back to take over it i you know it's just because they wanted to get uh house atreides was getting a little too big for their britches i guess uh as you could say um but yeah they came in they wage a war and the harkonnen are taken back over uh, this place. Um, and the Harkonnen are led by Baron Vladimir uh, Harkonnen. Uh, he's led by Stellan Skarsgård, who is very excellent and very creepy and very creepy looking. And he will give you nightmares. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know it was him halfway through the film. I'm like, who is this guy? Because he looks familiar enough, but he's also the, the makeup. If this doesn't get some sort of makeup costuming nod i'm gonna lose my mind because it's so good that way i didn't even know it was stellan sarsgaard i was like man who is that guy you recognize the voice a little bit mm-hmm. but also he's he's is such a different character that he's ever played and he does it so well he's gross and he's i mean and you expect him to be gross if you've read the book you know if you've read the 900 pages then you expect him to be gross and if you've seen the 70s version of the movie you expect you know weird things to be going on but it it even takes it a step further because of the way that it's filmed and just the art direction of everything about like his layer and where he he's in that tub thing and it's just he's in this weird like the fat suit is so real and it's yet so disgusting (laughs) it's it's brilliantly done and i really hope that um whoever imagined that and created that for the screen gets an oscar nod for it because they totally deserve it yeah that's right uh it's super gross but they're coming back in to take over um you know meanwhile 
when they get on Arrakis, Paul starts having these visions. Um, you know, he's having dreams of this mysterious like girl out in the desert uh, who we find out later is named Shani. Um, he's seeing he's seeing some things. He's seen, you know, Duncan Idaho laying dead. He's getting all of these visions um, that have not yet to happen, uh, but they're probably going to happen because we find out that, you know, Paul is gifted with some special abilities that he gets passed down from his mother. Uh, she is uh, what's called in this world, the Bene Gesserit. It's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a, like a witchcraft kind of a thing almost where they can, they can control people's minds and they can see into the future and they can they can do all this stuff but part of it is you know being able to control themselves control their emotions um you have the really great scene there with the pain box which is probably the most infamous scene um from dune from especially from like the 1984 dune um yeah so so you get that and you just you're you're wondering this whole time um especially if you're not familiar with the story you know what's what's going on with paul what's driving these visions uh why why is this pain box thing significant what's what is going on what's yeah. a Benny Gesserit there there's a lot going on that if you don't know about what's going on you are way confused and you might be way confused listening to us right now it's hard, it's hard to say great yeah so <laughs> and that's okay just dive into the confusion because let me tell you one of the things about this film that I think is so great is that you will be confused even as a, I mean, I'm a fairly intelligent person and I was confused and I've seen, you know, the 1984 version, I've read the book. And even then I was like, wait a minute, I, what's happening? What are we watching? So Jessica is Paul's mom. Jessica can see these visions. She has this like way of, of telling people what to do. She uses, she uses this special voice and um, they know this, the Harkonnen know this and the emperor knows this, which is why when they go to take over and kind of wipe out the house, they want uh, to keep her from speaking. Well, Paul has this gift and because he's a man and I guess all of the Bene Gesserits and all the witchcraft folk are all women, that this was like a thing. They didn't think that Paul could do it, and but he can. And so um, they end up kind of escaping and they have these weird suits Brian, you talked about it earlier. You know, they weren't, you weren't kidding. The, the, they call it Dune because it is literally a planet of sand. There's no water anywhere. So the only way to survive is to put this suit on that takes all your sweat and all your urine and turns it back into water so you don't die. It really sounds kind of gross, but um, I guess the suits make it taste okay. I don't know, but that's what keeps you alive. And so they've got a, they've got a suit or two and they run off into the sand and try to figure out a way to survive and we find out that jessica is pregnant with paul's uh sibling and you know then that's a really big deal because there was this whole uh, foretelling of a, another kind of person or you know that was going to bring change to this entire universe and we don't know if it's, you know, Paul that's actually going to be doing this or if it's this baby that's being born. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you watched the 1984 version, you know, it only covers about half of this film only covers the first half of that film. And this is one of the few times that I felt like this was a good cinematic choice. Um, unlike The Hobbit, uh, where they have 75 version, you know, movies that could really have only been one and it would have been great. Um, in this case, we really needed that extra time to get our heads around what was going on in the plot. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and so I thought that was a really good cinematic choice that the director made. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you follow the story along with the way that the book goes, uh, they cover basically the very similar timeline. I think the 1984 film. I think they uh, kind of got up to the wire and decided they weren't going to make another one and just tried to you know cram the second half of the story um, into the end. So yeah, definitely definitely good there. And this one and this story, the 2021 Dune, it kind of ends with. Jessica um, and his mother out into the desert. They are, you know, trying to trying to stay alive and survive. And they meet the Fremen, who are the native people of this planet, to live out in the desert and uh, understand how it works and things. So we meet we meet Chani, who is uh, played by Zendaya, the girl from you know Paul's Visions, and Stilgar, who's kind of like their their leader, I guess, is what we're meant to take away, uh, you know, at this point. Who uh, and Stilgar is played. Uh, just incredibly by Javier Bardem because Javier Bardem is incredible and uh, anything that he does. So uh, yeah. And that's kind of where the, the story leaves us. Um, It's, it, it's really kind of like setting up the story. Um, It's telling you how, how house Atreides gets to this planet, uh, what they're meant to be doing and that they are getting wiped out. Um, And, and that's basically it. So it's not telling a lot of story beats, to it but it's setting up kind of this world and how this world works so that way we can go forward into part two which they announced that they would be uh making and releasing at some point but uh Michaela this film it looks unbelievable um I don't even I don't even know you and I had uh were fortunate enough to go see an IMAX when it was out at the theater um so we saw in all of the the big screen and the big sound um Mm -hmm. But yeah, visually, this thing looks unbelievable. Uh, why don't you run through just kind of, you know, some highlights of the way that this thing looked for people? So my favorite part of this, I mean, the art des- direction and the art design is so amazing. And it's very different. One of the things that I was worried about when we saw this was it was going to be a rehashing of the 1984 version. So it was going to have a lot of the same look and feel. And while it tells, you know, the same story, it's much richer. And in my opinion, it uses completely different architectural design uh, devices to get their thought uh, across about what the world should be. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the palace, it doesn't look like a palace at all. It's very... A um, lot of clean lines, a lot of metal, a lot of weird stone. I-, I thought that was really a bold choice to make. I thought it was really neat the way that they handle all of that art direction. And let me just say the sandworms, and we didn't really talk about the sandworms, but there are these worms that live in the sand and they kill you and they eat <laughs> you. And, you know, it's a really dangerous job. It's kind of like being on an oil rig, right? It's dangerous when you're out there milling for the sand because the worms can hear you and they can, they obviously they can cut through the sand and then they swallow you up. And the worms look so creepy they are the thing of nightmares you're either going to be uh dreaming about that baron vladimir harkonnen or Mm, you're going to dream about the sandworms coming to eat your toes at night because they're they've got these hairs on them and they've got these weird like they're not really teeth it's like hair follicle things that open up and just Mm -hmm. so amazingly rich uh and stunning the way that they show the story um 
not just tell you what's happening through dialogue. Um, I, I really think that it's going to do very well for best director. I think, it, you know, I, I think Oscar Isaac is probably going to get nominated as well as Timothy Chalamet. Um, I, but the art direction and the costuming is just super epic. And they did something so different uh, mm -hmm. considering that this, this has been thought about uh, before, you know, so it's not an original story, but it feels that way. Yeah. It really feels like they, they you know, Dennis Villeneuve just put a lot of time into creating this world and had very specific ideas for the ways that he wanted things to look. Um, but yeah, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. You mentioned the sandworm. Um, there's a, there's a really spectacular shot. Um, I, th I think it's in the trailer. So even if you haven't seen this, you've probably seen it there, you know, when they're leaving on their, uh, their helicopters, which kind of look like dragonflies, uh, these kinds of things. And they're flying over top of it. And yeah, you're looking directly like into the sandworm's mouth and it has like those long, like, like hair fiber, uh, bone things, uh, it, you know, as it's, as it's teeth, um, really epic. There's, uh, really beautiful shots of when uh, the Atreides are leaving their their home planet, Caladan, which is like this ocean planet. And you see um, like all of the transport ships just taking off and leaving, like popping up out of the ocean. Um, it's just just really great. And just the, the world building uh, was fantastic. When we were watching this, uh, you and I we went to the IMAX theater to see it. I was I was just kind of sitting there at times and I just. I was like, how do you make things look this big? I mean, obviously we're watching it on a huge screen, but just, just the scale of things that they were able to, to do with it is just unbelievable. Um, and then the sound, it's probably also going to get nominated for Best Original Score. It's Hans Zimmer. Um, it's a lot of really um, kind of like elemental uh, type of things, some, some chanting uh, going on. And it's, it's really just kind of like submersive. Uh, the way that the music is, it's not like a big like orchestral score, um, but it really just kind of sucks you in and makes you feel like you're part of the environment. It just it just fits in there uh, really good. So, uh, yeah, I loved that. I uh, love the sound. The sound mix um, on HBO Max, if you're watching that at home, is really, really good. I was concerned about that um, when I watched it at home because I didn't know how the dialogue and that, you know, that overbearing, uh, you know, synthesis of sound you get from, from Hans Zimmer coming through, but the sound mix on the HBO max is really good. If you've been hesitant to watch it at home, uh, I would say, you know, give it a watch. Cause they did a really good job of, you know, kind of tuning that to, to watch on your uh, home theater or just out of your home TV. Yes. It is amazing to me how they created a space and you're right. The, Tonal quality of Hans Zimmer's kind of score is very different as well <laughs> because it, it really does. And when we were in the theater, it kind of shook you, but it wasn't because it was so loud. It was just very in step with the kind of the richness and the, the playfulness with the light, the way that they use light to create the world that you saw. And it, whether you were in kind of an enclosed space or where you were looking out kind of at the dunes at, you know, or on the ocean planet, how that played. I, I don't know how they did it. And I would love to see them do, I hope at the end of this, because I know they have an, a, a second part coming. I hope that they release some bonus footage or kind of like they did with some of the other epic films that we've seen mm -hmm. 
where they show kind of this behind the scenes, how they did that. And not only that, but how they thought about it, because it's super smart and special the way that this film makes you think about you know what's important to you and it's a coming of age story as well but it's unlike a lot of other ones that we've seen and it leaves you kind of on a cliffhanger too because you finally get to meet the girl this blue-eyed chick that he's been dreaming about forever and Mm -hmm. you know you kind of if you know the story you know who that is but you don't you know at the very end when he finally sees her and kind of sees the, the the very last scene where you see kind of her and the the horizon it's just so well done with the music kind of streaming in on the side it's it's pretty awesome the way that it mm. ends i and it definitely leaves you wanting more i was so pissed <laughs> that it was <laughs> over when it yeah. was done yeah, it's very it's very reminiscent to uh, when Fellowship of the Rings end, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> we were we were just getting started on this journey, we're and just now starting, man. and and now it's over. Um, yeah, for for me, this felt very much like um, you know we've been talking about the the visual effects here, but this to me felt very much like uh, you know what we're going to look back as like a benchmark in terms of what you were capable of doing visually in a movie. You know, you have like your Jurassic Park and Terminator 2s and your original New Hope Star Wars that you look back and be like, man, that really, you know, pushed pushed the uh, pushed the meter forward. And I think that, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, I think, you know, we'll look back at Dune and uh, think the same thing about the uh, 2021 version here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Loved it. Can't wait for part two. Uh, we don't have any sort of idea uh, how long that's going to be. And we're not going to have to wait too long because the Oscar announcements come out tomorrow. Uh, this is guaranteed to be nominated for at least one and could be a whole bunch of Oscar nominations for this one. So follow along with us. Um, we'll tell you exactly how many it's nominated for. And then as we get closer to time, we'll tell you exactly how many we think it's going to win. Uh, and yeah, so let us know. What you thought about Dune? Did you go and see this at the theater? Did you watch it at home? Are you a fan of the book? Uh, you know, let us know. And if you have a water of life cocktail when you're watching it, and you should, let us know that and take pictures because it, basically, if you ever use Empress Gin in a cocktail, send Michaela a picture. It makes her happy. Um, it makes her also want to go have some Empress Gin. Um, and you know, which nothing, makes Ryan no, happy because he usually will drink it with me. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having some extra gin. So let us know that. And if you want to see pictures of our cocktails, uh, get episode recaps. Uh, keep an eye on our website because we'll have Oscar stuff on there. Uh, but you can do that. So our website is drinkthemovies.com, and you can follow us on social media. It's at drinkthemovies on instagram and twitter and facebook.com slash drink the movies um and you want to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and you want to make sure uh we would really appreciate it if you left us a review so michaela where do they need to go do that you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify anywhere anchor podcasts are distributed um if you like what you're hearing please subscribe we do two at least two drops a week we talk through the lobby bar. Uh, you, so you get co- two cocktails in one week. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and if you're liking what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us get the Drink the Movie stuff out there. We love building a community. We really want to hear from you. Uh, we want this to be a dialogue-based uh, community around drinking uh, great drinks and talking about great films uh, or how or how amazing uh, Dune sandworms look. Whatever floats your boat. We want to hear it. 
Yeah, definitely. We want to hear all that stuff. And, you know, for now, Michaela, we just talked about Dune. Uh, it's a lot of sand out there. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit thirsty. Um, and I think that the only thing that can quench my thirst is a, another water of life. What do you think? I think that is a very wise choice. Uh, I have got some extra Empress gin right here. So let's do it. All right. We're going to go hydrate and we will talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, the Movies. Spice is the life. The spice must flow.